0: Hello everyone, it is now 5pm on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share with me, please contact me via email, which is news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, you're listening to Today in YGK. It's Alexandra here, and I hope that you're having a great Wednesday so far. I cannot believe it's already December I don't know where the time has gone. I don't know where the year has gone. But looking back, it has been a crazy year for all of us in one way or another. But um, I am excited for the holiday season to be here now um, and stuff. You know, I spent the weekend decorating my house with the Christmas tree, decorating it with like garlands and putting all the decorations up, doing a little bit of Christmas baking virtually with my family, which was really, really nice and a good way for us to connect I was able to like you know bake with my family from england and like new zealand which was super cool so hey that's a cool idea you know if you want to reconnect and find some ways to keep yourself busy this holiday season do a virtual christmas baking um session with your family and friends because that could be super fun and a great way to stay safe but still maintain that human interaction during this time um but moving on away from what i was up to this weekend I have a super exciting interview coming up. For those of you who don't know, the Queen's Gales, which are all our varsity athletes here at the university, they raised over $25,000 for the Canadian Cancer Society through all these different initiatives that they led in the month of October. And the Queen's women's soccer team themselves raised over $10,000 of these funds, which is super impressive. So today in the virtual studio with me, I have Christy Gray and Kirsten Tynan. So, welcome, Kristy and Kirsten, to CFRC 101.9 FM to talk with me about this. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourselves? Sure, yeah, I can start. Um, my name's Christy Gray. I'm a fourth year forward on
1: the Queen's women's soccer team. Uh, I'm from Vancouver, BC originally, and I am in my fourth year of commerce.
2: Awesome. Um, and I'm Kirsten Tynan, I'm a first year goalkeeper. Um, I'm in art sci and I'm also from North Vancouver BC.
0: Great Um, and what has your experience been like um, you know so far and um, playing with the Queen's Gales women's soccer team like any highlights you can share with us and I guess also like Christy have you been playing um, like since you started at Queen's?
1: Yeah for sure so I mean throughout my time at Queen's we've had a quite a few highlights I would say going to OUA final four and playoffs is always exciting and even just the experience of playing regular season varsity OUA games it's such a different level of play than high school and Kirsten I'm excited for you to experience it I think the whole energy building up to each game playing two games every weekend is something that I wasn't used to but I love it and I think I've met some pretty amazing people and helps you really grow both as a player and a person so I have really yeah. enjoyed my time.
0: Yeah for sure and Kirsten how's like your first year on the varsity team kind of been?
2: So far it's been amazing
0: it's been a great opportunity to develop especially
2: not having games we've worked a lot as a team on our chemistry on everyone's individual technical skills and really breaking it all down I think is really going to set us up for success in future seasons.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously, besides the obvious, you know, like not having games, how's the pandemic kind of affected like your sports career, um, like in any really way that you can kind of talk about it? Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you go first, Chrissy. <laughs> Okay I can just
1: sort of speak I guess like from when we got the news I guess it was early in the summer that our season was cancelled. Obviously like for both players like Kirsten who's entering their first year and like players like myself uh, who are entering their fourth and final year of their varsity career um, it's sort of been discouraging initially but like Kirsten said we've right off the bat like as soon as Uh, the pandemic sort of hit, we took the opportunity to get ahead and from, I guess, was it end of April, Kirsten? We started doing a bunch of team bonding virtually and just sort of doing everything we can, you know, focusing on what you can control is the biggest thing and using this time to get better because at the end of the day everyone in our league is in the same situation so it's going to come down to whoever uses this time best to get ahead so that's sort of been I guess for me I'm doing four and a half years so hopefully fingers crossed we'll be good to go for my fifth year season um but I guess for us just staying focused on what you can control and getting to know the team so I'll pass it over to Kirsten she can sort of talk about what it's been for her first year
2: Yeah, I think for a lot of the first years, especially it took like when we first got the news, we all had to kind of reflect on what we wanted out of our first year because it was really what we put in was what we're going to get out. So it kind of all forced us to reflect and set goals for the next couple months of how we want to develop as players and how we're going to make the best um, impact we can coming in to then prepare for next season, really.
0: Yeah, and what are you kind of sort of hoping that, you know, all this, um, like, this different kind of season that you're, you know, facing and going through, what are you kind of hoping that the outcome is when you actually do start getting back into playing, hopefully, um, you know, come next year?
1: Yeah, I think for us right now, like, focusing on what, like, the provincial guidelines are and sort of, I think it comes down to initial and, like, taking responsibility for your own development. Own your own development is something that, like, our coach and our team sort of, Uh, strives to pursue so I think focusing on what you can control and making sure that you're taking advantage of what you have so okay we can't do sessions with our entire team so get together with a couple people who live nearby and go to the field and just not making excuses so owning your development and just really Focusing on what you can until we can start getting those reps in with like exhibition games and then preparing for training camp because before we know it summer season will roll around and then into training camp we go. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Kristen, anything else?
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree with everything you just said. It's really all on us right now to work as hard as we can to prepare.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And um, like I kind of introduced earlier, um, the Queen's Gales raised over $25,000 for the Canadian Cancer Society and the women's soccer team raised over $10,000 of these funds, which is really awesome. But so congratulations to you and the team, too. Um, But what sort of initiatives did, um, you know, the team kind of do to help raise these funds? And did it? um, I feel like I read somewhere that it was like um, for the for breast cancer. Of the CCS, so if you want to like talk a little bit about the kind of stuff that um, you folks did for that,
1: yeah. So I can sort of start, I guess. So right off the bat, the Canadian Cancer Society, and yet you're correct, We it was for breast cancer, um, they provided us with a platform where we could set up an individual profile. Um, and then from there, I think it came down to team buy-in, like everyone on our team really took initiative to make their profile the best they could and share it with their network. So whether that be through Facebook, more professional. I found using email for like grandparents, aunts, uncles, that type of thing, as well. LinkedIn, even some of my profs and people who I've worked with um, participated and just really using your channels. And it was pretty amazing to see like the buy-in that we got. So, Kirsten, maybe you can talk a little bit about what you did and what you found working um,
2: Yeah, I kind of did the same thing as well. I reached out to my network through emailing and that like the support that people wanted to provide was incredible. And it's a really important cause and for our team to be able to help out and really give our all to help a really important cause is amazing. And we really, we also did um, a 5K run. So we did the run for the cure as a team. And that was kind of a really nice way to bring it all together in a socially distant manner. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, really. yeah, I think uh, like, cause last year what we did is we donated or dedicated, sorry, one of our league games to be like our kick for the cure game. Um, And I think sort of embodying that this year, like Kirsten said, like doing the 5K run for the cure, combining sort of an in-person event with the fundraising really helped because it provided sort of a substance like, please help us and support us while we do this event. I think that helped to drive a lot of fundraising efforts. So
0: yeah, for sure. But no, that is really awesome that you're, you know, able to like come together as a community, like even virtually, like if need be to um, support such an amazing cause and stuff and something that a lot of different like Queens organizations support too, because like ASSIS does that stuff too, um, for like CCS and whatnot.
2: Sure.
0: Um, but yeah, like do the Gales, um, you know, do you know if like the Gales either like the soccer team itself or like just the Gales in general, like do you plan on hosting more charity and charity initiatives next semester? Um, or any time in the next year that people can kind of anticipate and look forward to.
1: Yeah, I can sort of speak to an event. I don't know, Kristen, if you know yet, but the VLC, so I'm part of the varsity Leadership Council, we're releasing this week um, a fundraiser. So, the varsity teams are going to be focusing their efforts this holiday season to help out Martha's Table, which is a local organization. Yeah. Um, and as well, the varsity clubs. So, there's about a thousand student athletes in total at Queen's. And so, we're sort of dividing and conquering efforts to help out two organizations that are super important to us. So, the Kingston Youth Shelter is who the varsity clubs will be focusing on. And they've curated like this Amazon wish list of items that would help the most for the youth that they work with. Um, And then varsity teams, more details are going to be released this week of how we can go about supporting Martha's Table. So they're hosting a huge Christmas dinner and they're expecting I think, double the number of people this mm-hmm. year. So we're gonna try and get them as many as many things we can to help support that event. Typically in the past, I don't know if you've heard, we've done like Martha's Table gift baskets and typically we donate clothing to the Kingston Youth Shelter, um, but obviously things look a little bit different with COVID. So we sort of yeah. reflected and approached the organizations and asked what actually would help them the most because we don't wanna be providing them with things that's just gonna cause more stress on their volunteers or organizations. So that's what they said would help the most. So we're going to do our best to try and help them. But yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, And is there, um, you know, anything else that you two would like to add before we end off? Um, I'm okay. Kirsten, do you have anything else?
2: No, I think that kind of covered it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but thank you so much um, for, you know, setting up the time to just chat about the awesome initiatives that the uh, Queen's Scales have kind of done to raise money for CCS and also the great stuff that's kind of coming up um, for the holiday season with other um, Kingston organizations. So, yeah, thank you so much, um, Christy and Kirsten.
1: Yeah, it's nice to meet you. I'm yeah, proud nice of all to meet those you. athletes, so really good team buy-in, I think, overall was the sort of reason we were able to be so successful, so I'm really proud of the whole group. Thanks for
0: your time. Thank you, Christy and Kirsten, for coming on to CFRC 101.9 FM to discuss with us the Queen's women's soccer team fundraising efforts for the Canadian Cancer Society. Moving on to some local news updates, the City invites residents to mark Giving Tuesday by supporting climate action projects proposed by Habitat for Humanity and Martha's Table through the new Kingston Community Climate Action Fund. Even though it's not Giving Tuesday anymore, the City is still taking donations for these initiatives. The Kingston Community Climate Action Fund was developed to support local charities and not-for-profit organizations and their initiatives to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, increase energy conservation or efficiency, to reduce or divert organic waste, or to assist with climate change adaptation and technology innovation to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Mayor Patterson said that this fund aligns with the Council's strategic priority to demonstrate climate leadership and will help bring the city and our community closer to our target of carbon neutrality by 2040. Donations to the fund are being accepted at all Kingston Community Credit Union branches, with the KCCU committed to match donations made through the bank of up to $5,000. Donations are also being accepted online through Canada Helps. John Dassault, who is the CEO of KCCU, says at the Kingston Community Credit Union, we place community first and we're proud to support a fund that will benefit today's residents as well as the next generation. If you can, please give to this worthy cause that will help organizations in our community today and all of us as we've moved towards a more sustainable future. Representatives from Martha's Table and Habitat for Humanity Kingston Limestone Region are excited to be in the running for your donation dollars. You can learn more about these two projects seeking to fund and show your support by making a donation by visiting the website cityofkingston.ca slash givekccaf. In other news, the City and Sustainable Kingston have partnered to make the 2021 Climate Change Symposium free to all attendees. Kristen Mullen, who is the Executive Director of Sustainable Kingston, says that on Jan 14, 2021, people can log on from anywhere in the world at no cost and hear inspiring words from speakers like Canadian environmental activist Severn Kalasuziki, receive updates on climate action work underway in the Limestone City, and so much more. Organizers determined they would make the event free as a gift to people during what has been a very difficult year. Mullen says that the city and Sustainable Kingston realized that one way we could give back to our community was by making the symposium, which focuses on resiliency, accessible to all. The nonprofit will leverage city technology to host a symposium on Zoom. The first 500 people to RSVP will be able to join the event and submit their questions to the speakers. But if you don't make the cutoff, that's okay, because thanks to the city, the symposium will also be live streamed to YouTube, which means that even if you don't have a ticket, you can still be a part of the event, says Mullen. If you want to be in the virtual room on January 14th, you can RSVP now through Eventbrite. In addition to Kala Suzuki, attendees will also enjoy talks from David Phillips, the senior climatologist for Environmental Canada, Enrique Benit, who is the PhD candidate on regenerative and circular approaches for cities and buildings, as well as Laurie Nickel, who is the CEO of Second Harvest. Demonstrating leadership on climate action is one of Council's top strategic priorities. Last week, the city of Kingston released Downtown Dollars, which is a holiday gift that works exactly like a gift card and can be used in many downtown shops, restaurants, and services. It is the perfect way to support our downtown businesses this holiday season, which you know is something that we really encourage here at CFRC 101.9 FM, especially during this COVID-19 pandemic. Downtown dollars can be purchased in $10 and $20 increments, and the exciting part is that until December 24th, they are available with a huge bonus. You can purchase $100 worth of downtown dollars for only $80 and purchase $50 worth of downtown dollars for $40 and so on, and there is no expiry date on these. Just look for a Downtown Dollars Gladly Accepted Here poster in store windows and head on to shop. They are on sale at the Leon Centre box office located at 1 Tragically Hip Way from Monday to Friday from 11am to 2pm and at Desk House located at 385 Princess Street from Monday to Friday from 9am to 5pm. Visit downtownkingston.ca for a full list of participating businesses speaking of local businesses if you haven't heard we have released our week five raffle prize package for the cfrc funding drive which is still going on thank you so much everyone for already contributing if you have we have surpassed our goal of fifteen thousand dollars we have raised over eighteen thousand dollars for cfrc so like i said thank you so so much for all your continued support and all your donations and just for even tuning in and making sure that we have all these amazing listeners tuned into us um but if you would like a chance at winning our week five raffle prize pack we have an amazing prize pack this week we have gifts from our amazing local kingston sponsors from places like spearhead brewing company a very nice hefty package from them This raffle prize pack also includes stuff from Wit Kingston, stuff from Minotaur Games and Gifts, The Everly, which is a restaurant and lounge just opened here in Kingston, and Tara Natural Foods, as well as a good bag of CFRC swag that we'll be giving away. So the raffle prize will be drawn at 11.59pm on December 6th, this Sunday, and we will be announcing it on Indie Wake Up Call Monday morning at around 9am, so watch for your name on air. Or watch for your name on social media, but listen for your name on air Monday morning to see if you have won the raffle prize package before you were eligible to win these if you donated $50 or more. But because we have surpassed our goal, if you donate any amount, Um, you will be entered to win, which is really great. So please consider donating today. Your contributions to CFRC really help with us with our multicultural programming, our news programming, which, you know, helps me put out this show every week and stuff like that, as well as our other segments, which are The Scoop, which is also stuff about local news, Queen's University news, and stuff like that. So please, if you'd like to donate, go to cfrc.ca slash donate now. You can go and visit Or donate through GoFundMe if you'd like to be entered or you can donate directly through Queen's University and you can be issued a tax receipt if you do that. A little COVID-19 update for those tuning in right now, we are up to 28 active cases in the Kingston region, a man and woman in their 30s and a man in his 40s are the three active cases that were reported yesterday, bringing our numbers up to 28 as reported in the WIG. Two of the cases are still under investigation in regards to how they were exposed, the third is related to a close contact case. Don't forget to stay safe, folks. Remember to wash your hands, sanitize your hands, stay six feet apart from people you are not living with, wear a mask and all that jazz. That is just your daily or weekly today in YGK reminder to stay safe during this pandemic. There is a great um, speaker series that is happening thanks to the Kingston Arts Council join the Kingston Arts Council for a creative exchange around the vital role that artists play in our community. The EACH group, which is the Essential Arts Thinking Group, which is a multi-disciplinary community, has spent eight months tackling big questions about what it means to make, gather, and share artistic practice today. How are artists essential to the community's well-being? What do artists need to thrive? And as we navigate this moment of uncertainty due to COVID-19, where do we sort of go from here? So this is an amazing event that's happening on Friday, the 4th of December, so this upcoming Friday in two days, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. via Zoom. There are three speakers, Jillian Glatt, who is a printmaker and arts educator, Eric Williams, who is the co-founder of the Dead On Collective, and Kemi King, who is the co-founder of Yikes, a theater company. You can go to artskingston.ca on the website to register for this online session. There is also another amazing info session for artists virtual artists in the classroom that is happening tomorrow from 6 30 to 7 30 p.m on zoom like i said go to artskingston.ca to sign up for this but basically you will be joining the limestone boards equity curriculum consultant for kindergarten to grade eight who is Ray McDonald and the Kingston Arts Council Executive Director, Kersey Hunako, on Thursday, December 3rd, to learn more about opportunities to collaborate with local Limestone District School Board teachers on virtual and or outdoor arts programming for students from kindergarten to grade 12. But that's all I have for you folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Today in YGK. I hope that this was a great segment for you. Congratulations once again to the Queen's women's soccer team for raising over $10,000 for the Canadian Cancer Society and a huge congratulations to all the Queen's gales for raising. Um, over $25,000 for the amazing organization that we here love to support at Queen's University. But thank you so much again for tuning in to Today in YGK. Don't forget, our funding drive is still going on cfrc.ca slash donate now if you'd like to donate through Queen's University or through our GoFundMe. If you'd like to win one of our prize packages that we have, which are gifts given from our amazing, amazing local sponsors, which you should also check out their companies and businesses. But thank you so much. I hope that you enjoyed this segment. Stay tuned for some awesome music and also our weekly traffic report coming up next.
3: Here's your weekly traffic report for the week of November 27th to December 4th, brought to you by CFRC in the city of Kingston. As a part of the Love Kingston Marketplace project, some vehicle travel lanes and parking spaces downtown have been repurposed to create additional physical distancing space for pedestrians and for businesses. These are Clarence Street, where on-street parking has been repurposed to accommodate a lane shift, and Market Street, where the road is closed to vehicles. On-street parking is also unavailable. Downtown area barrier removals expect delays in the downtown area the afternoon and evening of December 1st and the evening of December 2nd as crews remove the Love Kingston concrete barriers. Road closures are in place this week on Colburn Street from Chatham to Division, closed to through traffic until November 30th to accommodate construction staging. Seabrook Road east of Highway 15 closed from 10 p.m. on December 4th until 7 p.m. on December 6th to accommodate a culvert replacement. Whitechurch Road north of Woodburn, closed from 10 p.m. on December 4th until 7 p.m. on December 6th to accommodate a culvert replacement. Glengarry, Portsmouth the Indian, expect short delays and a possible lane closure. Grenadier Drive at Winfield Crescent, expect delays while construction takes place around the Kingston East Community Centre site. Flag people will be on site to direct traffic. Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, expect delays due to construction to improve drainage. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone. Highway 15, north of Sandhill, expect to experience delays due to lane closures until November 1, 2021, as crews replace a culvert. Please follow the direction of Flaggers. Jackson Mills Road, near the KMP Trail, reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements, but remains open in both directions. John Counter Boulevard, Princess to Indian, expect delays until the summer of 2021 while crews construct a new four lane road and rail overpass. Princess Street, Collins Bay Road to Baxter, reduced to one lane in either direction, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily until December 4th to accommodate the widening of Princess Street and construction of turn lanes onto Creekside Valley Drive. Please observe the direction of flaggers and note that traffic may be rerouted onto Westbrook and Woodbine Roads during this time. Seabrook Road, east of Highway 15, expect delays starting November 30th as crews work to accommodate a culvert replacement. Whitechurch Road, north of Woodburn, expect delays starting November 30th as crews work to accommodate a culvert replacement as well and that's it for your weekly traffic report for traffic and other news updates visit www.cfrc.ca slash news have a great week folks
0: Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.